treating your need for healthcare news. We are NHE. News, views and insider truths from the heart of the healthcare sector. We are the NHE team. I'm Emily. I'm Matt. I'm Ilsa. And each episode, we will connect you to the people behind the UK health sector, sharing insights and innovation. This podcast is brought to you by Evo North, uniting leaders from the public and private sector to collaborate, share exciting innovations and build a stronger northern powerhouse together. So hello and welcome to the NHE podcast. It's a special one today. We're doing an on-the-go podcast. I'm here with Matt and you've got myself, Emily. We're here with Victor Adabawali, who is currently the chief executive of Turning Point. Welcome. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Yes. Um, so, Victor, we um, obviously we've heard your chief executive at uh, Point. You've recently actually announced you're stepping down from that role yeah, after almost yeah, 20 years yeah, at the yeah. end of March. Yeah. It's an incredible sort of um, time you spent there. It's incredible yeah. work you've done with it. What sort of led to that decision? It's quite a significant change there. Though. Well, it is, but um, you know, sometimes in life you've got to take a look around and decide. Um, you know, staying in one place. Um, because you love it and because it's um, comfortable in a sense, not, not it's hard work, yeah. but isn't good enough for a reason, if you see what I mean? I if you're the leader, you have to look around and say, you know, what is my job now? And mm. Sometimes your job is to hand on to the next yeah. person Definitely. Uh, and, and, and to say, well, have I done enough? Because you can never do everything, but have I done enough? Is the play, have, I, have I made a difference? Is the place better than when I found it. Yeah, have you left I, it better? Yeah, basically, and the conclusions yeah. I came to, although some might disagree, but I think the evidence is that uh, I found I've left it, you know, better than I found it. And um, I got a great team of colleagues um, in lead, leading yeah. the business, and I thought, you know what, what else is out there? Which is a bit scary, mm-hmm. yeah. but again, being scared isn't another reason to stay, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of placing my anxiety on the on the business instead of so I thought you know what I want to I want to see what else they say happened. don't they that what good things about? happen at the end of your comfort zone there we go well, I'm certainly <laughs> at the end of every comfort zone <laughs> that's for sure yeah. uh, I thought well I want to see what happens yeah because you know, so, stay and don't want to be carried out in a pine box or do I want to try something else and, and I, I just yeah. think let's try something let's learn some new things so. definitely I don't think there's yeah. ever a bad time to learn new skills pass the no. on over no. and turning points futures you know the, the best time people say never a good time to leave there is the best time to leave is when you think the future of the business is yeah. going up going yeah. up yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, you, you're not jumping from a sinking ship no, you're yeah, leaving it as it is it continues no, I've got, there's a great leadership team there we're doing some amazing things yeah so can you tell us a little bit about the work at Turning Point well I mean we are, we, we provide um, health and social care services to 100,000 people um, in uh, just over 300 locations in England um, we employ 4,000 staff and 98% of our services that are registered with the CQC are either good or outstanding wow. our turnover will be 130 or million this year um, we've grown from an organization when I started in um, just 2001 uh, from an organization that thinks about 19 million something like that 20 million 230 million in that time I think we're on the map as a, as a health and social care business uh, focused on reversing the inverse care law i.e. that's more that states that those in need of health and social care the most tend to get it the least mm-hmm. uh, we've done some groundbreaking work in substance misuse mental health learning disabilities our current platform um, is, is, is much about incorporating the digital 
digital world are actually um, uh, 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 creating new services that, that uh, people can access through a computer or on a phone, um, uh, machine learning, stuff that enables you to interact with a machine when you want, uh, but also choose to talk to a human being. And we find that people are actually choosing to work with the, uh, the app, working the, uh, and you know when they, when they need to talk to a human, we're using that sort of digital, uh, those digital platforms, not only to provide services, but to really, really help us look at how we use the most precious resource that we've got, which is time. Mm. How do we allocate uh, uh, caseloads? How do we work with um, individuals? How do we store? How do we uh, look at data, information? All that's very new, and we're doing some groundbreaking stuff. Um, uh, call handling, all that sort of stuff, um, and it's really exciting. Um, but we're also doing some really good work around public health, so integration of substance misuse services with mental health so that people have one stop shop my view, my view of any service really but certainly a turning point is that our job is to reduce what I call negative value transfer which means you should get as much as possible in one one visit mm-hmm. basically yeah. bang for your buck yeah you shouldn't have to be moved on from place to place to place to place mm-hmm. uh, because that costs you time and the system uh, money public purse money so we've tried to create services that are single uh, one stop shop um, that deal as much as possible now we're challenged by the way services are commissioned in this country um, in health and social care they're often commissioned in silos yeah you know, which yeah. doesn't help because people we, we know that people tend not to have their challenges in silos. Yeah, no, so, nobody fits a nice little uh, tick box these days. People don't, people, that's not how people work. So we've been looking and working on new models of service delivery, um, things that we do, say, in Luton, which is where we deliver a, a well-being service, which is incorporating mental health, physical health, um, uh, well-being, substance misuse, um, helping to keep people out of hospital, so people have been in hospital uh, that need rehabilitation, maintaining a healthy lifestyle. We do that at scale for Luton. We work working with the primary care system in Luton, we're man- helping that system manage demand. And I think that's repeatable in many of our health systems. So we're contributing to uh, managing population health. So I think that's a growth area for Turning Point um, because as an organisation, we need to be, uh, my colleagues, hopefully when I, when I, when I leave, will continue uh, to ensure that what we can show is our contribution to any health system mm. is that we manage demand and we particularly manage demand for those people who are at the sharp end of the inverse care law. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And I suppose sort of managing that health and that well-being, especially away from the traditional health um, organisations, a lot of the groups and the companies and that, that have stepped up, like uh, Turning Point, are social enterprise organisations. They, they fill these yeah. voids. Um, we heard recently at the Social Enterprise Awards from the uh, Mayor Andy Burnham from here in yes. Greater Manchester yeah. that uh, this region could very well become the social enterprise capital of the uh, the UK. Um, sort of your thought on that um, well I'm the chair of Social Enterprise UK so I was very pleased to yeah. see um, I was very pleased to see Andy um, at our, our award ceremony 
um, and he made this statement. He wants yeah. he wants Manchester to be the social enterprise capital of the UK, and he, and it's, he, he means it. You know, we, he's keen to see uh, more social enterprises. I'm sitting in the on the ninth we're on the ninth floor of the co-op, um, yeah. uh, the co-op group's headquarters on Angel Square in Manchester. Um, the co-op group is a member of Social Enterprise UK, mm-hmm. and um, and met with uh, I know that our chief exec met with um, Andy Burnham recently. Um, I'll be speaking at a conference on the new economy in Oldham, um, which is part of the Greater Manchester. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, he's putting, he's putting his money where his mouth is and putting his, yeah. his time yeah. where his mouth is. I think we have to help him deliver on that promise. Um, social enterprises have got well-researched benefits for the local economies. They tend to uh, increase people's income where they operate in, in places where there's poverty. They tend to employ more women, more BME people. They're the fastest growing form of um, uh, business structure in the country. They're employing more young people. So it's a no-brainer if you're yeah. the mayor of Greater Manchester. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, you, you, why wouldn't you want it to be the capital? Yes, absolutely. It's sort of one of them that it's probably a to hear quite often but Andy is actually putting sort of is backing what he's saying he, he it's is, his words he is, he is and I think well, well like all politicians uh, we need to help keep him to his word yeah it's, it's, it's not that we don't believe him it's that uh, it's that maintaining uh, it's, uh, yes yes and I think every citizen in a democracy has a duty to be sceptical which doesn't mean cynical so that means we have to help him deliver definitely so come April then you're going to be the new chair of the NHS Confederation I am yeah. it's a very exciting role it's a role with a lot of responsibility and a lot of um, a lot of things to be working on. What yeah. kind of things yeah. do you hope to come from that role? Well, I mean, I don't know. You know <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not one of these people who've got this whole hundred day plan. I think um, I think what I want to do first of all is, is understand. Um, you know, the NHS Confed is it represents hospital trusts, yeah. um, primary care networks, um, uh, the whole panoply uh, STPs integrated care systems there's a whole you know ecology the the many acronyms the many many acronyms yeah and I think what we need to do what I need to do is understand the needs of the members like what is going on you know what what is at the top of their wish lists in 2020 20, how can we add value um, to the lives I'm very much focused on the end user so ultimately the, the NHS Confed yes it's about our members but ultimately it's about patients it's about citizens and you know the NHS provides a service to a million people a day the, the NHS Confed needs to know how it's contributing to making their lives better through its services to members so I'm interested in that yeah. And, yeah. and so I'm interested in how members see themselves in that role and how the NHS Confed can add value um, to them on the one hand. On the other hand, there's a story we have to tell to government and to NHS England and NHSI about how their leadership and how their resource and how their permission for resource is being used and what do we need to improve things and how do we work better together. So you know, on the one hand, there's a, there's a kind of representation piece on the other hand, there's a kind of service to the user piece and I'm, I'm just interested in how that's gonna how that's gonna play out and, and my first thing to do is learn as much as possible definitely certainly and I suppose as that sort of learning process and 
with, with your experience at Turning Point, you've got quite a, a repertoire of adding benefit into these sort of well, things. I I'm, 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 <laughs> hoping, I'm hoping that uh, I've got some transferable skills and hopefully I'm going to yeah. have to learn some new ones. I mean, I have got, uh, I'm working, I set up an organisation called Collaborate a while ago and it's just published a, a view, a vision, I suppose, a manifesto about the future of public services. And, I, and I'm interested in, in that because, you know, I think we're in a position where if we keep doing the same things, getting what we've always got is pretty much unacceptable. You know, yeah. this is, we're in the North, mm -hmm. you know, we just had an election which was very much about the North, um, and I think we, it, the core really is for us to do things differently and do things in a way that people feel the difference in the service they get rather than the talk that they receive or the yeah. rhetoric, and that's going to involve a different way of, of looking at things. It's going to involve taking people's needs seriously from the ground up and changing the way we lead not just pushing things down and you know expecting people to accept it without without yeah. you know question that's i think those days are over definitely and that sort of spins into i suppose the, the next question i have if we've say there is a lot of this need to for action not just rhetoric is there any particular areas going into this nhs confederal that you already know or perhaps you've expect that you'll hear from members um in the healthcare service that maybe are missing or lacking these? Support. I don't know. I mean, I hear different things already about, you know, people, um, uh, different aspects of people's experience of, of providing services and commissioning services. I guess there's questions about um, population health. Um, how do we how do we really bring things together so that the um, patient citizen, as I call them, um, actually experiences the one-stop shop, the yeah. single point of contact, the positive value transfer, as opposed to the negative value transfer. Um, how do we change an NHS from a system which somebody asked me the other day, you know, how do we know the NHS is working? And I, I'm like you is we know it's you know it's working when a person in pain goes to their GP and is seen because they're in pain. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to an NHS which is passing its services and saying, Well, you might be in pain, but if it's not life threatening, you're yeah. on the list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? And and it was the public accepting that as normative. Well, you know, the NHS is under pressure. I mean, agony. Yeah. When yeah. I'm dying, I'll get I'll get a hospital <laughs> appointment. Or you get an elective care appointment that is cancelled. And you know, these are all questions of organisation, of resource, of leadership. Um, I hear that a lot from from um, from the public, actually, apart from anything else. Um, and those are things that any change that we make to the NHS and the way it operates, and we have to make change. I think I think the the money that the government has allocated to us and is coming down the road in this bill, I don't think it's good enough to just say, well, it's not enough. Mm. I yeah. think what we have to say is, what can we do with this money to transform the NHS so that it meets the needs of the population? And then we have to be honest with the public about what that means. Yeah. <laughs> um, and where and, and with the public say to the government, this is what you get for that money. This is the value that we can add. Absolutely. I don't think it's a case of... Um, um, uh, just asking for more without showing how we're going to use what we've got. Definitely. We hear a lot as well, don't we, about moving towards a more joined-up care, health and yeah. care um, well, that's system. Key. That's key. And, and I think, you know, that is key. We've, we've been talking about integration for a long time now between health and social care. Um, there is a 
challenge, which is we need more money in the social care system. Mm -hmm. we, we absolutely do. And, um, but I think there's also what can we do with what we've got? Mm -hmm. How can we bring the services together? Or, you know, we're in Manchester where there, there, there seems to be um, uh, evidence that you can integrate services, at least at the, the, at the leadership. You, you can do that. You can um, uh, commission services that are integrated for people uh, as long as you understand the people. Yeah. You have to start yeah. with the people. You have to co-design. You have to engage population in the design of those services. Mm. Um, otherwise, it, it, you, tend, you tend to repeat the same mistakes. A big thing at the moment as well is digital innovation in healthcare. Yeah, yeah, well... How big do you think that role should be? Well, I think digital innovation... I mean, I declare an interest. I set up a business well, some years ago now called Visionable, which provides uh, a visual platform for health and social care. And we did that because... Um, we, we knew we had many cases, including one personal to me, of people who had complex cancers, say, and requiring multidisciplinary teams, and the difficulty of getting people to look at single data when they're in one of them. Different places. Different places. Yeah. So our technology does that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, my view is that technology is absolutely essential to the future of the NHS. In fact, I would say there are only three challenges for the NHS, in fact, for most healthcare systems in the West. And that is equity, which isn't the same as equality. Mm -hmm. yeah. Equity is about the woman in Barclay and Dagenham who has an active life expectancy of 53, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to the woman in Richmond who has an active life expectancy of 70, yeah. right? getting a, a service that meets her needs. Um, access, which is about, you know, it's about workforce, it's about commissioning and how we're commissioning and whether commissioning is appropriate in terms of designing services. Um, uh, service design, or that's access, and technology in that order. Now, if technology doesn't meet the first two, why are we doing it? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, it, it, those are three challenges that pretty much, and technology plays a critical role, but it has to, it has to be in service of the first two. It can't just be pursuing its own ends because mm -hmm. people, you know, because there's a moral profit to be made. There's a, I've got no problem with people making money yeah. in the service of the first two things Definitely. so you know Visionable is attempting to um, increase access and equity by providing a platform that enables you in your house to see your doctor yeah. without having to travel with your in fact we've got a case study of a woman with four kids who you normally yeah. has to trek to the clinic with her kids as a single parent who can look down the look on a TV screen or a computer and have that that um, consultation um, without having to do that. Yeah. But that has implications for the way we structure things like tariffs and rewards and all that sort yeah. of stuff. But it's got to come. It's got to come. And we have to get the basics right. So, you know, I watched um, the speech by um, the last um, president of the RCGP when she said, well, it takes me 17 minutes to turn my computer on. Don't talk to me about AI and machine yeah. learning. Can, can yeah. we just fix? <laughs> yeah, start the button. Yeah. Can we just sort this, this stuff out first? Yeah. You know? um, so unless 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 the technology solves the access and equity issue, I, I'm not particularly impressed. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's a conversation we've had from guests we've had on in the past as well that there's no point innovating for innovating's sake. It's no. got to have this need, this benefit yeah. to it. Like you say, you can have the greatest AI technology in the world, but as uh, you, you were mentioning, there's no point doing that in a trust where yeah. the, the computer system can't handle it. I agree, and I think what we have to do is we have to do what we can do now rather than dream about the future. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think what, what can we do now is more important. We, we have a shortfall of 100,000 vacancies in the NHS. Yeah. That's a challenge, not just because we've got vacancies, but because how do we use the um, the resource that we've got now to the best of their ability? So we've got specialist stroke specialists, for instance. How do we make sure that we're using them to the max? Yeah. <laughs> They're not working them today. Yeah. I mean, using them to the right. I mean, so yeah. not sitting on twiddling their thumbs or waiting for the next day. But actually, we're using yeah. technology to connect them with patients, with hospitals. That's what technology is. That's an access point and an equity point. Yeah. That's how technology should there's, be. There's no point having, as you say, a, say, a stroke surgeon up in the northwest, no patients, and suddenly there's a demand down in the, the yeah, southeast. Makes no sense. Connect. Makes no sense, which is actually one of the things that Visionable does. We run yeah. this East of England stroke network. So it, it's. It, yeah. Anyway, it's not an advert vision of But I'm saying technology works. Yeah. So yeah. Livy is another organisation which is doing interesting things, you know, actually um, not removing people from the NHS, but making it easier for, for, for them to see their doctor using the technology. There's some wonderful technology which uh, doctors are using now, which is a bleep, um, but it gives them information. So, yeah. that, you know, that, that, that stuff is being rolled out and it will and it is making a difference. Um, there's a, a wonderful IO tech, uh, technology which allows viewer analysis using a uh, using a mobile phone. You know, there's, there's these things. They are they, happening. They are happening, yeah. but they have to happen everywhere. Mm-hmm. What you can't have are holes where, you know, you get excellent service in Barnsley, but in Wakefield, you know, sorry, we don't use that because we can't yeah. be bothered or oh, we can't function it. Yeah. There's a question yeah. about spread, yeah. uh, particularly in things like primary care. You know, how do we get spread of innovation so that everybody gets the best, not some people and others going, well, you know, you can't have it here. Super. Um, and sort of to build on that a bit there, um, I'm guessing that very much is the message then to these companies that are involved in this sort of techno innovation that actually meet this equity, meet this access mm. and keep pushing it there mm. and we will be uh, set to, you will get involved in the NHS this way. Well, I mean, the two things are, you know, I mean, uh, the, the, I mean Vision is already involved in me, it's been involved in the NHS for 10 years, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, probably, long, uh, probably longer. Um, it's got nothing to do with my roles anywhere else you asked me a question about technology I have some experience yeah. in that um, I think there's, there's a, there are implications for technology in the way the NHS is designed I mean my view is technology has to meet the equity and access issue um, at scale yeah. it has to be at scale otherwise it doesn't it doesn't work and I think the NHS has to be in charge in a sense. It has to be has to be able to say we need technology to do this because mm. otherwise everybody's diving in. <laughs> it just becomes yeah. very difficult to kind of manage. So what's the process then if a company wanted to get in front of the NHS and, and tell them that we have this product and we think it could work? <laughs> you know, a number of people ask me that question. I mean the process, I'm not sure there is a clear process, to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think um, what I would say is that um, patience is required. Yeah. Um, and I think that's good in a way because um, 
these things should be tested. They should be designed with, not for. Yeah. They should be understood. The benefits should be understood. And when they meet the equity and access test, should also be tested. That takes time. Um, I know that that's... Um, uh, often, you know, it takes too long, you know, why can't we just buy it? Well, why should they? Yeah. <laughs> when you yeah. walk into a shop to buy something, you don't just take what the shopkeeper offers. You have a yeah. look around and make sure that it's going to fit. Does it, does it, does it meet yeah. your needs, right? Yeah. So I'm afraid the onus is on the purveyor of that, of that service to be patient, to understand the needs of the client and to work with the client to make the change necessary to, to move the needle, right? So my, my first advice I guess is to be patient. It takes time. It should take time. You're dealing with our most precious public service jewel, you know, yeah. and it's a partnership. And you know, there are these key tests. I guess um, uh, there are lots of you know NHS Digital, NHS um, X, um, NHS England, NHS I. Um, Academic health science networks, um, digital hubs. There's lots of things out there that are all trying to understand, yeah. and I'm sure all of them are inundated with the with the next new thing. Absolutely. Uh, and in a way, that's a good thing, uh, providing there's a filter that says, well, actually, these things we need, these things yeah. we want, these things will make a difference, these things are scalable, and I'm afraid these things are lovely, mm. but they're not, not gonna, for us. They're not going to deliver the, the equity access point. They're not. You know, they don't work or they don't work as well, they're not scalable. Thanks. Yeah. Everyone needs to be on the same page as well, really. I think so. I think so. I think, like a lot of digital change, it's not about the digital, it's about the human. Mm. It's about the culture, it's about the transformation. And that's what takes time. You know, that's what takes um, time. You have to work with people. You know, the best, well, most, the best. Um, Services and devices are co-produced with the customer. And if you want to get maximum spread, co-produced with the customer. Yeah, I mean, as, as you say there, you, you walk into a store, the only thing you're going to pick up and buy straight away is something you know that's not going to last you very long. Basically, that's the last yeah. thing we want in the healthcare basically, service. Yeah. Basically, yes. I think there's no saying there in Silicon Valley, you know, you fast and break things. And, yeah. and, and I just kind of think, well, yeah, okay, that's, that might work, but uh, we, we have a limited resource. I'm not sure breaking things is what... No, we don't need that. No, <laughs> I'm it, not it, convinced that that's entirely suitable for the NHS. Certainly not the tagline we want with the uh, the NHS and no. I'm sure it's sort of a, a, a point that you, you've talked about at, depth, at length there as somebody that's experienced this whole side having that patience, having that access. I think, so. I think it's about patience, I think I'd say it's about patience, it is It is about learning, as you, it's about learning thinking long and learning short yeah. you know, and build and, and collaboration, you know, that's yeah. the way that's the way it should be done, that's the way we've done it at Vision Ball, that's where we did it at Turning Point, you know, yeah. it's I'm afraid it's not a quick fix. No. Well, we are super excited for you for your new your new role, and we want to wish you the best. Well, thank you. We are, we're sure that you're going to make a just as good impact on NHS Confed that you have done on Turning Point. Got no pressure. Yeah. There. I know. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'll do my best. Hopefully, I'm going to need for your, if anybody's listening to this, I'm going to need all the help I can get. We support there. you. <laughs> yeah. We, we look forward to, uh, to covering all of the success that will no doubt happen in the future. Yeah. But sure. it's, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for taking the time. We know you're a very, very busy man, as everyone's heard. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Lovely. Thank you.
This podcast is brought to you by Evo North, uniting leaders from the public and private sector to collaborate, share exciting innovations, and build a stronger northern powerhouse together. Join the chat on social media using the hashtag WeAreNHE or send us an email via the link on our website. If you enjoyed today's podcast and discussion, don't forget to subscribe or give us a rating on whatever streaming service you're using. Thanks for listening. See you next time.